we have lost touch with not only the former dominion, but the extravagant power, authority, and might that's been delegated to the church. And that book, Restoration, Preparing for His Fullness, think of that title for a minute, Preparing for His Fullness, right? Wake up, church. There's a war going on for the soul of our country where the lies of the demonic control the narratives of our culture. Join your host, Gary Duncan, in search of the kingdom warriors of our time, those not afraid to speak up and walk out the word of God in the face of evil. Get ready for a supernatural impartation, a spiritual download of faith and fire into your life. Welcome to the Remnant Revolution. All right, welcome to Remnant Revolution. I'm your host, Gary Duncan, and we're doing another installment of Restoration with Rick Norris. And how's it going, Rick? I'm going to make it. Can't Is tell it? me no miracles. I'm still here. <laughs> we're going over, uh, talk a little bit about uh, his book, Restoration, Preparing for His Fullness. And it is. it was written probably, what do you say, about 2008, you said? Well, that's when it was published. It was written many years before that, and um, it was edited a little bit um, as I was getting more revelation. But I'd say about 10 years before I even published it. So it's, wow. but that's because I'm, I stay on the big red phone yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he pipes it down. So, well, what I, what I find amazing about this book is, is, you know, you wrote it so long ago, but it was kind of a forethought of what's here today. I mean, we're, we're living through what you talk about in this book and, you know, it's, it's really something that we all need to be aware of. And, and, uh, you know, we talk from time to time a lot. You're kind of like my spiritual father and well, you are my spiritual father. So, um, but I was, we're going to start doing some of these where we just hop on the phone and start talking. So it's kind of unrehearsed. It's un unedited. You know, so if we mess up some words, that's just part of it. We're going to we're going to roll with. But we want to get through and talk a lot about this stuff because it, it's it's such an emergency situation in our country. And we we have got to talk about it. So you've got a spot in in your book here. Um, talk about Mama God is is one of your sections. But you, you make a statement that um, I keyed in on because, you know, the podcast kind of came out of a a picture God gave me six years ago about a shipwreck, a, a, a battleship that was stuck in a harbor. And in this, this passage, you say this inability to recognize, oh, this inability to reconcile the very harsh realities of this physical world we live in and a steady diet of only the comfortable teachings of Jesus, e.g. the Beatitudes, has shipwrecked many a believer's faith, especially in the modern church. Again, often the confusion and cynicism ferments into anger and bitterness of God. And, and it seems like, you know, we're living in a time that uh, the Beatitudes um, are are kind of a, um, have helped us. Well, no, I was not going to say that, but the, the Jesus that we've grown up on, I feel like I've grown up on, is the loving nurturing, fathering type of Jesus. And we're coming into it. We are in the time that uh, righteousness and, and uh, uh, it's just a Jesus that's going to come back as a lion, not as a lamb. Yeah. That we need to start really 
standing up for that. And I think a lot of it's because we've lost our lost our identity. And, and what I wanted to get to was the point in your book where you say um, God has delegated dominion and stewardship to mankind. Our disobedience surrendered it to Satan. When the Lord went to the cross, he restored the former dominion. We have his authority along with it all. Again, we're the church has got so much power in this country, but yet we're not yielding it, just like that battleship. That battleship is created to destroy evil, and yeah. the church is created to destroy evil and yeah. to save the lost, mm-hmm. and we're not there. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not understanding our identity. So I wanted to kind of get your, your thoughts on that and, and about how uh, we as Christians can really start to, to take back you know, not just make America great again or free again or whatever. It's to, to really take our authority that was given to us, you know, at the founding of our country. Sure. Well, um, or not the founding of our country, but founding of, of the beginning of time. Both. But as a country, we've both. ignored that. Right. I get you. I get you. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's uh, the book itself is written. <clears throat> largely about that stuff <clears throat> and uh, the uh, former dominion that you mentioned we'll start there um, first of all uh, a general answer to what you're uh, inquiring about is that the church the reason the book was written was because we've lost uh, several things the fear of God the true fear of God. Uh, we've lost uh, our understanding of spiritual warfare. We think we know what that means. And we've been taught certain little comfortable things about it. And uh, there, if you read the back of that book, it talks directly to that, saying that we there have been sins of omission from our pulpits for you know over a century. And uh, the reason is, of course, um, what we now call political correctness, which is really a capitulation to the comfort zones of the people in the pews, because pastors over the years did not want to jeopardize their salaries and budgets, you know, by making people uncomfortable and sharing some of the harsh stuff. (laughs) So we've atrophied. Uh, over the years, especially, and people uh, in that same chapter, people, uh, you know, they've uh, been given a, a an, over time. They've given been given a view of Jesus as their own personal little Santa Claus, <laughs> <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Remember, you remember Goofy? Yeah. The, oh yeah. Of course, there's a Santa. <laughs> 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 yeah, we tend to compartmentalize them into a you know a genie in a box, and you make you three wishes, and it'll come true. Oh man, and and that's what we—he becomes our own little genie, a little wish box, right? And uh, we go to church, sit in a big giant church uh, where nobody knows you know the sins in your life, and you don't know if the guy next to you is an axe murderer. Big giant churches that God never intended to have. Mm-hmm. And uh, because nobody knows anybody's stuff and nobody ministers, but and uh, and so we don't grow. And, and I could go further that direction, but 
coming back to the former dominion, it says that he, as I, you mentioned where you were reading there, <clears throat> that's pretty well into the book there. <clears throat> but the former dominion was what we had in the garden, simple, simply. And, mm -hmm. you know, at the cross, that was restored. So we are in, in authority on the earth. We are tending this garden. And people say, well, wait a minute, you know, how come there's so much war and death and give me the, well, let me finish that. See, Jesus is so extravagant. God is so, he can't help himself. He's so, so giving, so other. He's not like us remotely. He's so extravagant in the way he gives and the things that he does that he gave us his authority on top of that. And it's because mainly because we're in a war and uh, that war necessitates us moving in uh, an authority beyond merely the uh, former dominion. We're gonna have to have some major firepower, obviously. So he gives us his authority. He said, behold, I give you authority. And if you're, folks, if you're even a nominal Christian, much less mature, you should be using that authority daily to defend yourself and others. He said, whatsoever things you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, right? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, it means binding the enemy, binding spirits, right? And people say, well, how does that work? Well, you know, um, casting out demons, that kind of thing. And most Christians today are completely out of touch with that. That's like, well, that's one of those charismania Pentecostal things. You know, no, no, no. Mm. no, how about Mark 16, 17, and 18? These signs shall follow them that believe. Think of that as I go forward. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out. It's his authority. It has to be in his name. We don't have any. <laughs> right. right. In my name, they will cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpent. And if they'll lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And if they drink any poisonous thing, it won't hurt them. So people it just kind of cack at that like what it's like some metaphor it's analogous to them well part of it is uh for example <clears throat> taking up serpents doesn't mean dances with rattlesnakes <laughs> in some camp in the woods <laughs> right it means spiritual warfare it's he said you will i give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Think of that one for a minute. All, hmm. all the power of the enemy? Well, yeah. Ephesians says that uh, having disarmed principalities, speak, speaking of Jesus now, having disarmed principalities. Okay, so the principalities are disarmed. Wow. Having disarmed principalities, right? He made a public spectacle of them. 
triumphing over them in it. What does that mean? Well, in the classic sense of warfare throughout history, when a king destroyed a kingdom, he would take the kings and princes and march them through the street at the, you know, to tout the victory. For the Isn't people. that kind of what um, we're seeing the Taliban do? Yeah. <laughs> when you said that, I'm thinking, okay, so they, because it recently an article I read where the Taliban had strung up six people that had gotten caught for trying to kidnap somebody or something. And they hung them up in the square after they beat them to death. Yeah. And that is a deterrent, you know, yeah. to the crime. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of rough. Yeah. That's the world we live in. See, and we come full circle. If your Jesus is a Santa Claus, you're going to go, Oh, well, you know, let's pray for them. Well, yeah, pray for them. But, you know, the word says that, uh, do you not know that the loving kindness of God leads you to repentance? Well, but what we, what we don't hear is if that doesn't work, he might spank your butt. Mm -hmm. And people, I, I, just the other night, I was prayer walking down by the, the dam uh, near, uh, the, on the river, Duck River here. And there was a young lady there and the Lord said, you know, go give it a try. And I, I, I kind of asked her because I could tell God was up to something. And I asked her where she was at with the Lord uh, very blatantly. And she, you know, didn't take long, you know, that father's heart rose and, and, and she felt it. And then the anointing came forward and she was sobbing and I led her to the Lord right there. But she was, she was, uh, she said, you know, why <clears throat> even her daughter had her little daughter had asked her, why is God allow all these hard things in your life since you're such a good person? Right? And she's crying. She can't figure out. She says, I feel like God hates me. Hmm. Right. And uh, you'll have to bring me back to the uh, dominion thing here. Okay. This is important. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I, I said, well, if you're standing on the curb with your little one in, you know, say New York or somewhere, and there's a, you know, a 60 ton <laughs> truck coming by loaded down heavy at, you know, 40 miles an hour. And your little one's about to step, you know, 12 inches into the road and get and end up a stain. You'll do whatever you have to do. You'll break that little one's arm, yanking them off the curb and, and, and hurt them if you have to, to save their life. Mm. Duh. Yeah. You know, that's it, pretty blatant, simple analogy, but that's how God is. He loves us so much. He will not let us remain in death and, uh, stay, you know, satiated and, and stuck in uh, that cycle of, you know, self-destruction. And the lights went on. She accepted the Lord. She got right, right there in the parking lot. It was awesome. awesome. Night awesome. before that, the same thing happened with, exact same thing happened with a young man who was tweaking, if you know what that means. He yeah. was uh, on meth, you know, and he was delirious, absolutely delirious. And uh, he wouldn't stop talking, blah, 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 you know. 
kind of like we represent the lollipop guild you know he was just oh it was horrible and i couldn't get you know and every once in a while i get a word in and he started to you know it, it was affecting him but he couldn't help it the demons finally the i i had had enough i said if you don't want to hear this travel he said i'm done traveling but it was after he came back he actually left those spirits said uh we got to get this guy out of here <laughs> He came back and, and while he's talking, I can't get a word in. I said, well, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind the spirit of confusion. And I bind the spirits that are uh, blinding the eyes and ears of his heart in the name of Jesus right now. And he became rational. Wow. And, uh, he, you know, he was still tweaking a bit, but he started listening. And, and uh, I said, you, you know, you, you've come back uh to talk to me there's a reason for that you got set up jesus just set you up do you want to do this you know he said yeah and he slumped down against the pillar <laughs> under the overpass which is the name of one of my songs <laughs> um, um there at the dam and and he accepted the lord right there got right and uh, was rational when he left his sister came and picked him up Long story, uh, I'm, I, that's actually condensed. But that's an example of the authority that we've been given. And the church has completely lost touch with that stuff. It's like, you know, there's a few, uh, you know, charismatics and people who actually spend time <laughs> praying in the spirit that get it and get those opportunities. You know, I have people all the time asking me how come i don't have miracles in my life like you do you know and as you know uh the second book my second book when heaven speaks out loud is mm -hmm. my testimony and it's so over the top a lot of christians just shake their head and you know they can't even relate and there it is you know and it, you know for decades i didn't share that stuff unless i was in an outreach situation literal captive audience like a prison or a, you know mission or something because it's so over the top i've seen miracles of biblical proportions uh, many times and experiences in the heavenlies that you know i i don't care what people think anymore i'm not worried about it and i shouldn't have been before i speak perhaps to my shame for not being more forthright with some of those experiences but people ask me why don't i have those kind of miracles in my life <laughs> i just say when's the last time you spent at least an hour praying in the spirit and as i said in one of my videos um, i do a video series by the title of that second book here uh, it's on, on youtube right yeah periodically it's uh, when heaven speaks out loud with rick norris but uh you know i there as i shared in that there was a an effort uh, by liberal theology starting even 100 years ago I'd say and it didn't catch on till later but to discredit what praying in the spirit means is that, oh that that doesn't really mean what it people think well what it means is praying in tongues and that's a controversial issue. You know, uh, denominational, traditional Christianity, they kind of 
bristle. They don't want to hear about it because they can't understand why they don't have it. Well, okay, one scripture I just shared, these signs shall follow them that believe. Now, either the Bible's pure or it's not, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I spent, you know, 55 years now making sure it was. And not only archaeology, historicity, the historicity and archaeology um, stand, but all the sciences point to the validity of the Bible. Prophecy proves that. But uh, I'm trying not to rabbit trail here. The, The point is, they said that praying in tongues, that is, praying in the spirit does not mean praying in tongues, right? And, and and Paul said, well, do all pray with tongues? You know, he also said, I wish that you all prayed in tongues. And the reason he said, do all pray in tongues, not everybody has the faith to step out of that boat, you know, onto the water. He didn't say they couldn't, right? I have mm-hmm. people say, well, you know, that stuff there in Mark 16, 17, 18, I just don't believe in that. Oh, okay, well, then they're not for you. <laughs> Sorry, you, you don't get them. It's for those <laughs> who do believe, not for those who don't. <laughs> right. Wow, okay. So you yep. just talk to yourself out of those things. So, and what I tell people is, you know, well, you know, I've shared this with you before, right. how these young men, two of them were young, one was uh, a little older, <laughs> and uh, they said, you know, <clears throat> I said, you, you know, uh, pray in tongues for an hour a day, right? And then get back to me. Let me know how that goes. Because they wanted to get some miracles. They had jumped through all the hoops, 40 years in the church. And I'm, I'm trying to show the authority you asked about in case this seems like a rabbit trail. This is the pragmatic play, uh, acting out the reality of how these things apply in the real world. So they got back to me two days later, the first time, ranting on the phone. You're not going to believe what just happened. It had their first miracle and changed their life, right? Two days. All the pent-up, pent-up gifts of God were just, you know, waiting to burst into this person's life. And few days later, the same thing happened with another young man. He said the exact same thing. Been through the church, grew up in the church, didn't jump through all the hoops, never even a prophetic word or anything. What am I doing wrong? I said the same thing to him, and the same thing happened. Call, a day and a half later, call me back ranting. You're not going to believe what happened, right? So he had his breakthrough, miracle. And then uh, an, another gentleman, older gentleman, had the same experience. Now, uh, I I said all that to answer that question, all right? We have uh, lost touch with not only the former dominion, but the extravagant power, authority, and might that's been delegated to the church. And that book, Restoration, Preparing for His Fullness, think of that title for a minute, Preparing for His Fullness. Right. Well, the first part of that title, restoration, demands demolition. If you're going to do a restoration, uh, you know, we hear about, well, we're going to have a revival, of course. If we're going to have a reformation, you know, but the truth is we're going to have a restoration because the only way he can pull our 
fat out of the fire at this point. We're so far gone. He's going to have to do some demo for that restoration project, mm -hmm. right? And uh, I hope this is uh, clearing that question up because it's huge. And I know it's I'm going long, but it's so important. And this these uh, revelations will bring faith. They build faith. People go, oh, wait a minute, that's in the Bible. How come I never was shown that? Well, because, you know, <laughs> there's a status quo out there, folks. And right. I, I, does that. I mean, yeah, you know, that pretty much covers it, I think. No, it talks. Well, you know, that's why we're hearing a lot more talk about the remnant church and the remnant people. And because the the widespread church is still working in the old ways of mm -hmm. the way it's always been done. And the remnant church is is looking more at you know, the original intent of the church, which is, you know, you go into the each of you principle and, and the fivefold ministry, and, and we're going to have a, a episode on that coming up as well. But um, I think it, that the important part of what you're saying is um, that America might, it seems like that we're all in a time of that, that jerking back of that child from that oncoming truck. Oh, yeah. And it's very painful. Yeah. And, and it shows itself in so many different ways, uh, whether it's, well, a lot of stuff. I mean, we, I can go off on a wild track on, on, you know, the vaccine and Black Lives Matter and the CT, CRT and the education system and all that, yep. um, that God's just saying, you know, you're going to, you, I told you not to touch the fire and you're, you're not going to listen. So I'm going to let you get burnt. And I mean, that's what parents do. They, they allow their child to, to um, learn from experience sometimes, you know. Yes, and judgment begins at the house of God. That's scripture. Mm. And we are in a time of judgment. I have written songs about it. I got a revelation in the 80s that if we didn't repent, we were going to get judged, at least in some way. And that was 2001. That was when the towers fell. Mm -hmm. And the songs speak verbatim of the terminology and redundant reports that were coming from ground zero. Mm -hmm. uh, and we could, I could share that sometime if we have time. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, no one wanted to hear it because it just sounded so harsh, especially then because we hadn't had any judgment for decades as a nation, uh, you know, and 9-11 and was in those songs. Hmm. And uh, they, well, anyway, uh, if you go to ricknorrismusic.net, there's a music video there called One Nation Under Fire. Uh, at, the, at the site, the first songs you come to is a string of singles that are outreach singles, prophetic, and that kind of thing. But the uh, but that that video is one nation under fire uh, music video, and it's one of them that talks about. And I I went on TBN and shared those. The Lord had me share those, and they literally uh, at that time mocked when we got off camera, laughed and 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 mocked 
literally laughed and mocked at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, when we got the redundant reports from Ground Zero, I say redundant because they kept saying the same thing. Uh, we can't get in until the smoke finally clears, right? That's literally verbatim from one of the songs. And, uh, you know, the ashes and the dust, you know, the last part of the, the first song is, I found a coin lying in the ashes and the dust. Pain beyond description as I read the inscription, in God we trust. Hmm. And you wrote this many years prior, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, yeah. And I, for years, I couldn't sing them. I could hardly get through them. You know, the emotional control was hard. But, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, and, and we, I got so wounded by the way they dealt with me on on the at TBN. Mm. Um, and I just, you know, shrugged it. I dealt with that kind of stuff before. And I, I was driving, I was on the road and it was like the Holy Spirit put an elbow in my arm. He said, you're not getting it. Cause I had ground zero on the radio and, uh, they were still trying to dig out, you know, still trying to get to anyone that might still be alive. And, uh, they kept, I, you know, he said, you're not getting this. And I said, what, Lord? What? You know, he said, listen. And, and it says, we can't get in, you know, to you know, see what's going on until the smoke finally clear. You know, report after report, they said that exact same thing over and over for a week at least, more. And, uh, and then the other one, they kept saying, we can't get in through all the ashes and the dust. Because the thing kept collapsing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and th- again, that was almost two weeks for that thing just smoldered, you know. And and I went, oh, and that was just God trying to encourage me that I really did hear from Him. And you know, who cares what those you know people? I found out later that 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 the uh, He had me sing those two heavy duty Keith Green kind of messages. And the name of the program was the Joy Program. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. so I was really uh, kind of went against what they were thinking, huh? <laughs> you, you think? Anyway. Well, now you you do tell us a little bit about your. I mean, your your background is is was in uh, the gospel, the uh, Christian artistry back in the seventies when it first started. You were instrumental in some things there, and yeah. so so on your website, uh, Rick Norris net rick 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 norris music rick norris music.net um you know it's it's free right but i mean my my music you it i don't believe in the 30 second tease yeah right (laughs) and then you you're kind of wet your whistle and you got to pay to hear the rest okay yeah Uh, you know jesus said freely ever receive freely give so all these years, I, I came from that whole Keith Green, second chapter of Acts, you know, uh, Larry Norman, you know, uh, um, Maranatha. I watched uh, Calvary Chapel get birthed. It was in a tent when we started. Mm. So I had a sovereign conversion like Saul of Tarsus in the 60s. I was the criminal. and the front man for a rock band, and God showed up and blew my game out of the water. <laughs> But then, the, you know, in the 70s, I watched all the Christian music 
uh, explode. And uh, I know many of those folks that, uh, you know, are from that. They're dear friends. And they're, I, they're all vital. They're all still walking with the Lord. That movement, the Jesus people movement, changed the world. People don't realize. But um, um, so, yeah, I was there uh, at the beginning. I watched uh, Calvary Chapel get born. And back then it was organic. It wasn't, it's almost like a denomination now, you know, it's so established. Back then it was organic. Everybody shared and everybody had a word, a problem, the each of you thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't a one man show. And, and like most church today is we need to do a, a thing on that too at some mm -hmm. point. But um, yeah, I helped my little part of, pioneering what is now CCM and I've groomed artists, uh, Christian artists that have, you know, I've done A&R artists and repertoire and grooming artists, uh, mostly vocally, but also in songwriting. And some have gone on to have number one albums and with the Vineyard Music Group back in the day. And anyway, I'm tanging now, but yeah. Yeah, sorry. So, so, so what, um, wrapping up here. So what would be, the looking at where we're at, you know, the restoration and, and, you know, uh, like I've been in construction. So when you restore something, you either tear it down or you strip it down to the bare bones mm -hmm. as a Christian and looking at where we're at, uh, what, what do you think the first few things that we need to be doing, uh, that are keys to, to that restoration in our own lives, uh, that we can be strengthened you know, understanding our identity, understanding the power that we actually have through Christ uh, to combat the evil that's just all around us. This evil is just palpable. Like a flood, yeah, it's coming yes. in. And the word says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord lifts up a standard against it. Mm, good. Right? That standard is a banner. That means we're going at it, folks. It's a, it's a call to, to arms. Well, the arms we have, there's a, there's a section. One of the part sections in my book is called our arsenal. We have an arsenal. We're in a war of words, right? You need to speak the word of God over your life. Um, and I, I know we're going long. Um, the, uh, the, the dominion that we have is real. It's powerful. It, you can, have the miraculous come into your life, but you have to, you know, the word says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How come we don't think that through? And what does that diligence look like? People say, well, we can't earn anything. Well, no, but sat, that's sacrifice. I'm not ta I'm talking about obedience, right? That scripture, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice, mm -hmm. right? We're not diligent. You know, how, how many people do you think are like those young men and uh, those pe people that came to me and said, how come I don't have miracle? I have faith for it. Well, you haven't really broken through, right? We need to break through. We need to get on our knees. We need to make Jesus, our lives, all about Jesus. We think about it. We talk about it. We sing about it. But we don't do it. America is fat-hearted, spoiled, distracted, addicted to so many different things, entertainment, 
uh, name it, you know, and distracted to the point where we, our idea of Christianity is running to church on Sunday to appease our religious conscience so we can rush home to watch the game, right? And we just, you know, we might as well, you know, God, the Bible, Jesus thing. No, we, we, it's, it's, uh, it, it's not what he's called us to. And eternity looms, and we are in judgment for it because we abdicated, allowed the devil to come in, take over our government. And long before that, we allowed him to come in and murder 60 million of our babies plus. Yeah. And, um, and then all the debauchery and the squeaky wheel if the squeaky wheel is allowed to get the grease, if you know what I mean, the squeaky wheel is the one that makes all the noise, but there's the whole other car that's involved. Mm. And if the bulk of the people never say anything, the squeaky wheel, whether it's, you know, gay rights, mother, a woman's choice, or, you know, transgender, or, you know, some other, uh, you know, unheard of uh, <laughs> abomination, we don't respond. We just, well, yeah, whatever, don't, you know. And, and uh, you know, we worship the rapture of the Lord rather than the Lord of the rapture. It's like, yeah. well, we're out of here anyway. No, yeah. we're stewards. We're supposed to be stewards in both realms. And the authority and the dominion are our, is ours. And we've lost touch because, uh, I'm sorry, but the pulpits of America have been guilty of sins of omission. They don't share that Jesus is a warring king and that he is going to rule the nations with a scepter of iron. Says it. Look this stuff up. Now, I don't, if it's not in the word, I'm not going to share it. That's for sure. Right. And uh, they don't know him. That's what the book is largely about. What if we know the Jesus we know? is only 50% of who he is, you know. The priest says he's a priest and a king. Well, he's made us priests and king. And he's given us authority on the earth to, to do three things. Save the lost, edify the bride, right? And destroy the works of the devil. And uh, so judgment begins with the house of God. That's what you're looking at. Um, I could keep going. Um, the bottom line is, you know, we've got a lot of prophets. I love those guys out on the wall. Um, all of them. Uh, I mean, the, except the fault, what's false ones, of course. <laughs> and I pray for them that they get, you know. Yeah, we could do, a, we could do an episode on deciphering, discerning between the, the true ones and the ones that aren't true. Yeah. And, yeah. But I, I love them, and, and, but they're saying we're going to make America great again, all right? Well, what does that look like? Well, with where we are and how far we've digressed and, and degenerated as a nation, uh, he has given us reprieve after reprieve over and over, World War I, World War II, and the politically correct wars of Korea, Vietnam, so on. And he always pulls us out of it somehow, right? And, uh, but now we've had all our reprieves. President Trump was a reprieve. Look at what happened to the economy and everything yeah, came back yeah. together. 
And now we've you know, allowed the devil to come in with his trickery and do what he did. And here we are. And it's judgment. God has lifted his hand to get our attention. And yeah, it's possible we could have another reprieve, but we can't go back to who we were prior to this because that's what God's after. That's what he's demoing. Mm. That's what that's. Mm. See, he's judging our nation. He may have to strip us all the way back to who we were in the 17 and 1800s before he's done to get a pure remnant. So I'm a little bit like Jeremiah. You know, I, I think that the Lord is going to continue to judge us, but it's all for good. It's not. It's him pulling, you know, hurting that child's arm to get him off the, from stepping in front of that truck. It's not because he's mad at us. Uh, it's because he wants to save us from ourselves. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I think there's a, and that's why I, I sense this in, in my own life and just, just listening and hearing other pastors and, and people um, that are coming out and talking more about the remnant church and the way it, you know, way the church needs to wake up about our history, the, um, you know, the fivefold ministry and what the church used to be like and what it was originally intended, which is what, you know, a lot of what you're talking about. And that, so we'll go into that in our, in one of our, our next um, episodes is talking about the fivefold ministry and how the church was in, was originally intended uh, prior to Constantine. Correct. You know, Constantine yeah. had a lot to do with the way we are today oh, yeah. and, and how well is that working? You know, <laughs> lives are being saved yes but you know we're in a war at this point yeah and you know if we're not um uh, fighting with one hand and and um you know s- spreading the gospel at the other you can do both i mean it's possible to do both so we'll get into that on our next one and um uh again rick it's always fun to talk with you and i know we talk a ton more on the phone than we do on the camera but we'll start doing a lot more of that because uh, i think Every time we we get together, it's it's at least an hour long conversation. <laughs> yeah, I tried to I tried to go as fast as I could <laughs> because there's so much you know to share, and uh, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's plan on following up on this because the fivefold and and all those issues you just mentioned are so important right now. Yeah, each and of you principle is way each of you exactly, and so I'll you know. Is those uh, everybody listening and, and across the country and the world actually, you know, uh, I'll put some show notes and uh, links in the show notes for uh, Rick connection with Rick and his music and the books. And um, we just appreciate uh, the time you give us. We'll do it again. Thanks for listening, folks. If you'll share, I don't know how to do all this stuff because I'm not a marketing guy but whoever's listening you know i know you guys are listening so i actually got somebody in finland listening which i think is pretty cool so for you that that one guy that's in finland would you go and share this to somebody else and i'll have two people in finland share it post it on your facebook and all your social media stuff just get the word out there's a lot more coming we appreciate it thanks again for listening to this episode of remnant revolution if you liked what you heard Please leave a comment and rating in iTunes and Google Play. This helps us get heard by more people. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and family. Be sure to visit www.remnantrevolution.org to join the conversation, access the show notes, and keep up to date on important events and programming. To catch all the latest from me, 
You can follow me on Instagram at Remnant Revolution. Until next time, armor up, stand up, and speak up.